Welcome back to your soon-to-be favorite podcast. I'm Angelica. And I'm Kelsey. And this is Here We Grow. see who's gonna say it first breaking news we are back we are back for episode 41 yay what's up besties? hello how are you how y'all been this week the weather's playing games with us it is i wish it was spring already but it is helping with the seasonal depression a little depression the seasonal depression yeah um but it's gonna be 36 degrees tomorrow today's friday i don't know if you guys know we record on friday fridays now yeah Tomorrow's going to be 36 degrees is the high, and then it's going to be back warm for the rest of the week. Like, why is it the one day that it's going to be, like, near freezing? I know. That should be on Monday. Monday and today, or Monday and tomorrow should trade places. We don't need refrigerator weather on a Saturday. It's Indiana, man. I swear. Horrible. Why do we live here still? I don't know. What's... I guess our families will. I was going to say, yeah. I can't. Those are families. We have to stay here. I can't imagine moving away, though. Yeah, me either. Sorry, kids. It'd be cool, but mm, not really. Pricing is reasonable. Yeah, the pricing is reasonable. Living is all right. Yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry, Belen. I just kicked him in the side. In the stomach. In his side. Oh, in his stomach. <laughs> in his stomach. Poor baby. I kicked him in his pizza. <laughs> I gave him a huge slice of pizza and he was trying to eat, like swallow it whole. I was like scarfing it down. In his stomach. No, in his pizza. <laughs> Kicked him in his pizza. Angelica's going to tell us about the demon house today. Sure am. So this whole episode, Angelica's done all the research. I haven't done not a single like research. I've been so like, well, I mean, I guess it was good this week because my car broke down this week, but i just been like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> what am I doing? Because normally, like, leading, like, at least the day before and the day of, I'm I'm researching and stuff. Did oh, you see if there no. were any? I I meant to go back and see. You can go back in the archive. Huh? You can go in the archive. How do I do that? Go here. How do I do archive. that? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. But anyway, yes, Angelica did all of the research for this. I was twiddling my fingers, not knowing what to do for the past couple of days because I'm normally researching and all that stuff. But and then she sent me the note that she wrote, put all her research in. She's like, don't read it. I'm like, then why'd you send it to me? <laughs> in case something happened to my file. Okay. But it's the same file. So if yours gets deleted, I think mine gets deleted too. Or like if my phone dies or it stops working or because yeah. towards the end, the note is so long that yeah. towards the end it started glitching. Oh, no. That's when I was like, uh. Oh, yeah. Like mine glitches sometimes too. Like when you're trying to scroll it and it like. No, when you're trying to type, it's slow. Oh. It's like slow. Damn. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe it's just send this to Kelsey in case something happens. Maybe next time if you have a lot of research, switch to Google Docs instead. Because mm. I did the ADHD research on Google Docs. Jesus, I'm not going to be able to talk today. 
apparently. It's a good thing you won't have to. I know. Angelica, we were at dinner before this, and Angelica's like, hey, don't be blaming me if I'm going to fall asleep on the podcast. I said, this is your episode tonight, so you can't fall asleep. You're going to be the one talking. I'll be the one falling asleep. <laughs> we had Noble Romans for dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm just... Filled ourselves up again. I'm already a sleepy girl. And then you put food in me. Mm. Especially a ton of carbs. Yeah. It was good, though. I've never had the deep dish one. It's pretty good. good. Glad you liked it. Yeah, it was pretty good. I liked it. It's lasagna and pizza, basically. Yeah. It's a pizza and lasagna form. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. I think next time I'll get light sauce, though. It's too much sauce. Which, I normally, I'm a saucy girl. I like my food wet. You like your food wet. But there was way too much sauce on that pizza. Mm. Did you feel that way? No. Mm. I feel like might have the correct, like the right amount. Right portions. Balanced. Highly recommend Noble Romans, but you got to go to the original on 10th Street, on West 10th Street by Ben Davis. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's very good. Good service. What happened to that couples game you were going to have us play? Not today. Oh. For like a, another episode. Oh, okay. But I got to figure out which because it was on another podcast i gotta figure out what the name of the game was but it was fun like they were they would say like if we had a couple's halloween costume what would it be but i think that would be cool to answer for us we'd be peanut butter and jelly we would be peanut butter and jelly (laughs) literally how did you think of that so quickly i don't know i think i've always wanted to be peanut butter and jelly with someone (laughs) wait do our listeners know that people call you jelly Oh, I don't know. We probably, we probably mentioned it no, at like the very beginning. I think we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. My yes. coworker, she's new. She just started like a month ago. Uh-huh. She was like, do people ever call you Jelly? I was like, yeah. Really? No one's like flat out asked me that. Yeah, nobody's like, usually people are like, why are you call like, Yeah, why? You have to explain why. No, she just flat out was like, does anyone call you Jelly? And I was like, yeah, yeah. actually. My closest friends. Please yeah. don't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> not you bitch i'm kidding so she'll, she'll be like jelly or she'll be like and jelly and jelly and i'm like oh huh it's just jelly i'm just kidding or jelly bean i think my hair like there's like a hair on my face okay what i was just i was oh gonna help God. you figure out what it was you were looking at the space above me so i was like oh my god oh my gosh i walked into the um data entry room at work today at the end of the day like we were closing up and the lights were off but i somehow saw a spider right <gasps> in the doorway at, like, my face level. Dude, spiders and your face. Yes. Do you remember in my backyard? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. You, like, attract them. <sighs> and then I Googled afterwards. I was like, <laughs> when is spider season? Because I need to know now <laughs> so I can prepare for that. I'm just going to carry peppermint oil on myself at all times. Peppermint oil. Yeah, they're um, deterred by peppermint oil. You can make a oh. at-home peppermint um spray that will deter spiders interesting cool yeah you can just google like home spider spray or whatever and it'll it's like peppermint dish soap and vinegar or something like that. i don't want to kill them i just don't want them anywhere near me right and it doesn't kill them it um like you basically you create a barrier at your doorways and windowsills so you just like spray it across and you use peppermint extract so the peppermint kind of stays right there and the vinegar like helps it stay there and mm. then when a spider would like you know, spiders coming along. It gets to the peppermint. It doesn't want to cross the your, barrier. I love your spider impression. Can you do it again? Little spider comes little along. Little spider comes along and it doesn't want to cross the barrier. Does so a little dancey dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, better turn around. I feel like we've gotten on three different tangents the last like five minutes. Like we didn't finish any thoughts. <laughs> like what was it to? Like, okay, before the spider, 
Your peanut hair. butter and jelly. Peanut butter jelly. That's what it was. Yep. So if you don't know, we call Angelica jelly because when we were kids, um, her mom's name is Angelica, which we said recently. Um, her mom's name was on the caller ID when they used to call my house and it would cut her name off because it would go Figueroa, comma, Angeli, and it would cut off her first name. And we just thought that was the funniest thing when we were kids. Like, oh, Angeli, Jelly. And so then we started calling her Jelly, Jelly Bean. So that's her, her nickname. Her name in my phone is Jelly. I think Jelly has stuck with like my older friends. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that someone who doesn't know you just came up with like, that. I wonder, if, jelly? I wonder if other people name Angelica jelly. would have the name Jelly. It's cute, I think. I think it's really cute. Yeah. I wish I had a cool nickname like that. Kels Kels is what I used to call you. <laughs> yeah. I don't really call you that anymore, though. Mm-mm. It's just at, one letter off. At work, they call me Kelsonator. I am the Kelsonator. Anyone called you Kelso? I get shit done. Um, No. Nobody's called me Kelso since high school, and they always said it like a joke. Like they're trying to call me a boy. <laughs> I'm just like, ha ha. So funny. You what? just made this so awkward. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> just like, okay. Okay. What you got? Okay. Quote of the week. All right. Quote of the week is, why should I be sad? I lost someone who didn't love me, but they lost someone who loved them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. You lost. Yeah. <laughs> me, I'll recover. You. <laughs> mm. I don't know about that one. I'm pretty fucking great. So <laughs> you'll never find that love like that mm. ever again. Ain't that and the I'm truth. sad for you. Mm. Honestly. Truly. Ain't that the truth? Oh, yeah. That's a good quote. Okay. Right. So I put a poll out there on our Instagram page. <laughs> you do this every time. <laughs> um, where I asked if people knew about the case of the demon house. Mm-hmm. In Gary, and, Indiana. In Gary, Indiana. And 44% of you said yes, and 56% of you said no. So the majority of people don't know. And Kelsey didn't even know that kids were involved. Yeah, no. I so, just I just know. Sorry. I just know the guy from, Z- from Zach. <laughs> the guy from Ghost Adventures, Zach Bagans. I know he bought it. And that there's docu- a documentary about him exploring it and stuff. That's it. That's all I know. Oh, girl. This case is nuts. Okay. Um, I actually knew knew it pretty well, but I wanted to research it again in case I forgot something. Um, before we start, two things. First of all, I am wearing my Meraki sweater. Mm-hmm. Um by Meraki Fit LLC. Shout out. Shout out. And Shout out to it's, Luis. Yeah. And it's their um Oh, I forgot what's on my back. Trust the process. <laughs> Trust the process collection. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and second of all, um, we claim no negative energy speaking about this topic, and we invite no one. Not a single person. Not a sing- entity. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Are you gonna be able to say the D word? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> okay. Well, you. So before you start. The, that joke oh, i just got a headache out of nowhere this is not good oh no um on ladies and tangents one yeah. of the hosts for a long time she would say the d word instead of demon because <laughs> she felt like if she said the word demon they would come and get her <laughs> so if you hear her say the d word that's what it is just a funny joke demon it's not a dick, dick. <laughs> a 
said, human dick. I said, it's a bit. <laughs> Double days. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. As long as it's Drake's. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. On his demon time. <laughs> okay. So, yes, today we'll be talking about the demon house, mm-hmm. aka the Amon's haunting case. Okay. That's the family's last name. Amond? Um, it's Amon's. A M M O N S. Amon's. Okay. So, if you didn't know, well, this house is in Gary, Indiana. And if you didn't know, Gary was named the murder cap. Murder? <laughs> Murder capital. <laughs> Gary was named the murder capital of the U.S. I did it again. <laughs> the murder. Meldale. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Gary was named the murder capital of the U.S. in 1993. That was now, the year before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that if you took the current year and you took <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. No way. And you might have the year you were born. <laughs> or was it the current year you might as how old you are? You think yeah. you're your born? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. 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 So in 1993, with 119,125 people. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, 119,125 people. Why does that sound so weird? Because you say 100 twice, but you have to. Okay. 119,125. Okay. <laughs> people. This is going to be rough, guys. <laughs> We're slack happy at this point. We, we have to because it's scary, okay? Yeah, it's yeah. a true case. Okay, and also, it's we've real. had a lot of carbs and we're slap happy because we're tired. Yeah. Um, so, with 119,125 people with 110 killings, the murder rate was 91 per 100,000 residents. Wow. So, to put that into comparison, Chicago's rate... <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm so slap happy right now. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> In comparison, that same year, Chicago's rate was 30.6 per 100,000. Oh my residents. God, it was three times. Yeah, so 91 versus 30.6. Chicago. 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 Which is really close to Gary. But yeah. Yeah. The three times. The murder capital of the U.S. Yeah. That is crazy. I mean, I yeah. believe it if you've been into Gary, Indiana. Now, Gary, Indiana is also known for like the Jackson 5 house. Yeah. Jackson 5 family house. It's also just known to be like the roughest city in Indiana. It is very rough up there. Um, But this case takes place in 2011. So November 2011, we have Latoya Mons, who is the mom. She rented a house on Carolina Street with her three kids. Um, she has two sons, one seven years old, another that's nine years old, and a daughter that's 12. And she moves in also with her mom, whose name is Rosa Campbell. Okay, in December, there were swarms of horseflies infested. Hang on, sorry. You know how you write your notes? And you're like, wait a minute, that's not a full sentence. <laughs> yeah. Okay, swarms of horseflies infested their screened in porch in December, which is weird because it's December. Yeah, horseflies don't. It's the cold. And, and they very would, cold up by Chicago off the lake. Yes. Yeah. So they would kill some, but they would keep coming back every day. Just swarms of these huge horse flies. So keep that in mind. Okay. Um, 
So eventually they kind of stopped coming around. I never said how long, Mm -hmm. how many days this happened for, but for a very long time, there's just a bunch of swarms of flies. Yeah. Um, They would also start to hear footsteps going down the basement stairs every night. And they would hear the basement door from the kitchen open. Right. So your first thought, Gary, Indiana, there's an intruder. Someone's trying to break in. They would go to check and no one was there. So LaToya started... I'm getting chills already. And you know what? We we heard a noise before we (laughs) we were standing in the kitchen. We heard a noise and I just wrote it off immediately. But Angelica was like, it sounded like somebody was on the back porch. Literally. I've been hearing... Nope, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to be like, Stephanie, and not give it power. (laughs) There you go. Okay, so... Yeah, shout out. So LaToya started locking the the door to the basement. um, But they kept hearing footsteps leading up to the door and they would hear the creak of the door opening okay okay so one night latoya saw someone come out of the closet and go into the living room she followed it what she just dis- i know what i don't know i would not look, i don't oh, know who's that <laughs> let me go find out hey excuse me sir um do you live here because i thought i lived here (laughs) she followed it and she described it as a shadowy figure a large man she turned on the light and the figure disappeared she walked over to see where he was standing and there was these huge large muddy footprints and there's a picture of it there's no the picture Um, do you have the picture yes okay we'll post this with the episode posting Wow. So you might be thinking, well, this could just be Latoya seeing things that aren't there, but there's actually a picture of the footprints. Wow, yeah. But she all- <laughs> so, again, there is no man living in this household. It's two women, two little boys, and a daughter. But yet there's evidence of a man walking through. There's a picture, yes. Um. um so in March 10th, 2012, they hosted a wake for a death of a family member. And you know how, like, people just kind of stick around and talk? He's <laughs> stepping on my foot. Ow. His elbow was on top of my foot. He Sorry. has no sense of personal no. space. He's like... <laughs> so, in March 10th of 2012, they hosted a wake for the death of a family member. You know how, like, people just kind of stick around, they kind of talk, tell stories and all that? Mm-hmm. So, they were up pretty late. So, around 2 a.m., they heard the screams of their daughter. So the youngest girl, the 12, she's the only girl. She's 12 years old. They hear her screaming. They run to her room and they find her unconscious and levitating off of her bed. I literally just got chills when you said Multiple that. people saw this. Like it wasn't just Not the just grandma. The it wasn't just the mom. Multiple people saw this. She was unconscious, levitating off the bed. When she finally snapped out of it and she woke up, she had no memory of what had happened. So, of course, people are like, I'm getting the fuck out of here and I'm never coming back. Fuck these kids. (laughs) And because of that, no one really came to visit, which made them feel so much more isolated Isolated, and alone. And, of course, the demons fed off of that even more. Yes. So Rosa told Latoya that they needed help from the church. So she started calling local churches, but most of them kind of brushed her off. Like, what? I don't believe you. That sounds insane. Too crazy. Sounds crazy. No way. 
Um, she decided to reach out to psychics and two psychics told her that more than 200 demons were possessing the home. It was a total infestation of demonic activity, possibly even a portal that had been opened. Oh, my God. They advised her to move. But if she stayed, they advised her to make an altar in the basement um, using a white sheet to set up a Bible, a white candle and statues of Mary, Joseph and Jesus. So obviously it's not the easiest to move sometimes. Right. So she felt kind of stuck there. She had no money to move. She had nowhere right. else to go. So she she did what they told them. She made these altars and hoped for the best. Right. Um, she poured salt all on the basement walls known to keep evil, evil spirits out. She did a ritual with her friend where she recited Psalm 91, which is a protection passage. She dressed all in white, her and her friend, and they burned sage and sulfur throughout the house. They kind of did like their own little exorcism. Mm -hmm. um, and they kind of just went through all, you know, all the rooms of the house. Yeah. Within the next three days, nothing strange happened. Nothing strange or unexplained happened. But then after three days, the spirits came back with the vengeance. Like they're mad that she did all this. How much worse can it get? <laughs> oh, girl, we're just at the beginning. Okay. So okay. after these three days, the kids started acting strange. They started getting like these twisted smiles on their faces. Oh, my God, no. For no reason. And they started talking in these deep, strange voices oh my god you know what this reminds me of and eyes bulging oh my god stop <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of um jerry's sleep paralysis where what? jerry on ladies intentions her sleep paralysis episode where she's on skype with shane and in her sleep paralysis she goes to look at the camera on the skype call because she's on her laptop and her mouth starts to open wait wait stop stop wait she's asleep on yeah. the FaceTime call? So she falls asleep while she's on a Skype call because it was on a laptop back in college. Okay. So she has her laptop open. She's laying on bed on the bed. <gasps> and they're on a Skype call and she falls asleep. But she starts having sleep paralysis. And oh, in the sleep paralysis, no, 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 no. she sees her look at herself in the camera and her mouth starts to open oh, and she starts to smile no. in the camera. And she knows she's not doing that. I mean, she is, but... Well, no, this is just what she's seeing. And her, this is her sleep paralysis hallucination. Oh, right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. oh, and it was like a, no. a big smile, like one that you couldn't do naturally. Oh, no, 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 no. <gasps> yeah, so think about that. This is creeping me out. However, every time they would snap out of it, same thing. Would not remember anything afterwards. <sighs> okay. Now, this is where it gets a little bit creepier. Oh. Um, there was a, this one incident where they found the seven-year-old son he would sit in the closet and have entire conversations as if he was talking to someone and he would talk in a low gruff voice so deep there's no way a seven-year-old would be making that like that sound there's no way he would have that kind of voice uh -huh. and he would say stuff like i've been here long enough i came to kill i'm going to kill now Oh, my God. So that's the seven-year-old. Okay. The nine-year-old son described in great detail what it was like to be killed. And the 12-year-old daughter would hear voices that would taunt her. She would often cover her ears and yell, I can't take it anymore. Make them stop. I can't look in their eyes. Whose eyes? Imagine <laughs> your kids saying this shit. I would be so fucking terrified. I'd live in my car if I had to. I'd Bruh. be so terrified that I'd live in my car if I had to. 
I'd be in a homeless shelter with my children. I mean, yeah. Uh, Latoya, who's the mother, her temperature would rise and she would feel weak. Wait, where did they rent this house from? Like, who, who rented this family this house? Probably knowing its history. That's my question. It can be rhetorical, though. I mean, if you don't know the answer. But um, a previous renter or a previous person that used to live in the house comes into the story. story. Okay. Um, which they had something weird happen, too. Mm-hmm. But um, they were also a kid when, when they lived there, so they probably don't have much memory. Okay. Um, so Latoya's temperature would rise and she would often feel weak and lightheaded and her body would shook. However, Rosa, the grandmother, she never experienced anything herself. Like, for, like her on her body, on her person, nothing ever happened to her. She believed huh. that she had a guardian angel protecting her. But everyone else experienced something that happened to them. I have a problem with that theory because why don't the other family members have guardian angels? I don't know. Why are you so special? I don't know. She is, in every picture you see of her, she's often wearing like a cross necklace. She's very religious. I don't know. I, I don't know. What's crazy, though, is like in all the um, like exorcism movies that are based off of true stories, it's people that are most religious that are attacked or attacked, yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure about that one. I mean, she could also. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of skeptical skepticism. Right. And no one case. knows the truth. No one knows what's really going How, on. However, I mean, there's a lot of like backup and proof in this case but who knows maybe she was experiencing stuff and she just never wanted to talk about it yeah i don't know hmm. um okay one of the boys uh hang on um there was this one instance where one of the boys was shot out of the bathroom as if someone had picked him up and threw him out of the door oh my god no see that's when my child is thrown out of a room we'd we'd be leaving i don't care where we have to go like his his physical like he's in danger he's in physical danger yeah (laughs) i don't yeah the daughter seemed to get the worst of it one time she was hit so hard by the headboard that she needed stitches and another time she said that she had been held down and choked by an invisible force now maybe that could have been sleep paralysis maybe yeah maybe um and a dark voice would speak to her and taunt her the kids were so sleep deprived they missed a lot of school some nights, LaToya would check herself and her family into a hotel just to get a good night's sleep. Again, she really couldn't afford that. But, I mean, she yeah. would scrape up the money as much as she could and just at least to get a one night, two night, good night's sleep. Yeah, I feel so sad for these kids. Yeah. What a traumatizing childhood. <laughs> and they're so young. Seven, nine, and 12. Yeah. I mean, luckily, they don't remember much of these episodes. Yeah. Um, but they do feel scared all the time. Okay. So, uh, is this it? Yes. Okay. So, the last night that they spent at the house was very violent. A lamp and an air freshener flew from the bedroom into the living room. The kids were having episodes, throwing chairs and other furniture around. Latoya and Rosa grabbed the kids and anything else they could grab, and they just tried to leave. And as they were leaving, the oldest son was picked up and flipped right off the porch as they were trying to literally escape. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no words. Yeah. So I have just, no words. These kids are just being flung left and right. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. That's not funny. But, like, yeah. my God. Yeah. 
So that was the last night. That was like, they, they just said, this is too much. Yeah. Too many weird instances. I keep I mean, looking up. <laughs> I would have decided way sooner than that. But. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like she, I don't know. I don't really know. I would have slept on the floor at the church. I mean, they're not going to kick you out of the church. I mean, they were only in there for like less than four months, I think. Yeah, less than four months mm. or just about four months. Because, I mean, sometimes you're like, no, that didn't actually happen. I'm like, no, that's weird. Are are the kids making it up? Mm-hmm. Are they like, what what's happening here? Because you almost don't want to believe like, oh, it's demons. Right. Even though she talked to the psychics and they're like, no, there's. But come on, if you were told that, you're like, that's crazy. 200. Yeah, that's a lot. A portal. like. But like, who is to say what's a lot? We don't know about the demon world. I mean, true. Yeah, who like, knows? What if that's a low number amount for a house that's infested with demons? Oh God, I don't really don't hope not. <laughs> so in April of 2012, yeah, in April of 2012, Latoya decides to take the kids to the family doctor, who is Doctor Jeffrey. Oh, <laughs> I like wrote the name. I know this is not how you spell it, but I wrote it how I would say it, and I still don't know how to say it. <laughs> oh, Onekyu, Doctor Jeffrey Onekyu, to get them checked out. The doctor said that he felt an absolute sense of dread as soon as he walked into the exam room. And in all of his 20 years of experience, he has never felt anything like that before. He initially believed that the family was suffering from delusions and hallucinations that were making them believe there were ghosts in the house. So, of course, being a doctor, a logical man, didn't believe that. Right. Science first. Right. At the doctor's office, though. The doctor witnessed the seven-year-old boy start cursing at him in this deep, horrifying voice. So, so it's not even at the house anymore. Yes. And, and and now it's not just the mom and the grandma experiencing this and witnessing this. Now it's the doctor. Yeah. Someone of authority. Yes. A yeah. third party. Okay. Yeah. So, and then, so the seven-year-old is, you know, talking in this really deep, terrifying voice. Then... The nine-year-old boy joined in, and soon both boys lunged at the doctor and attacked him. Attacked the doctor. (laughs) Staff tried to intervene when the younger boy was lifted off the ground and thrown into the wall. And no one was touching him. Like, it wasn't one of the staff. Can you imagine the terror from the doctor's staff, from the doctor's office staff, Mm -hmm. when this happened? The the pure terror they they would have felt witnessing this boy being tossed to the wall. He was tossed to the wall. He, like, once he came back down and laid on the ground, he passed out. At the same time that he passed out, the other boy passed out. Just both, just dropped, passed out. Unconscious. And they couldn't be woken up. So they started shaking them, you know, started hitting them a little bit, calling their names, nothing. Just unconscious, just out cold. Also at the doctor's office, they decided to call 911. And at least seven police officers showed up with multiple ambulances um, and the staff panicked. And because they panicked and they were trying to, like, tell the police officers what happened, they they never got a full story of what happened. Like, everyone was just, like, in panic mode. Yeah. And they're trying to wake up the boys and trying just, to make sense of it, trying to make sense of it. No one could really say what really happened. Yeah. Um, eventually, the boys did wake up and they woke up in the hospital room. So by that time, they had already been transported. The younger boy, so this is now in the hospital, not at the doctor's office. At the hospital, the younger boy, the seven-year-old, started screaming and trying to attack everyone in the room. It took five... Sorry. Wow. Is that what it feels like? Uh Uh-huh. It took five men to control this little boy. 
The seven-year-old kid. Five oh grown God. men. So you know how they talk about like superhuman strength? Yeah. That's what this is. Yep. It's not superhuman. Well. Super demon. Mm-hmm. They were very concerned, so they called the Department of Child Services to investigate. Now, this, again, where they bring in more people. So now it's like the mother, the grandma, the doctor, the police officers, the staff, like ev- everyone's witnessing this. Now, yeah. this is where DCS comes into the picture. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so the DCS sent out Valerie Washington, who was an experienced caseworker who had witnessed extreme violence, abuse, and um, poverty. And she interviewed LaToya and the children. Okay. She also talked to the staff and they reported that the family was physically healthy. No injuries, cuts or bruises on the kid on the kids, which I thought was kind of weird. Like these kids are being thrown around and there's no bruises. He was just thrown off of a porch. He doesn't have any scratches. Nothing. Nothing on him. Weird, right? That is weird. Because like <laughs> I keep referencing the movies, which is just not real life. But in, I mean, who knows what's real life and what's not. But in movies, even when they're like when they're possessed they are all cut up and bruised up and nasty looking. You know what I mean? Nope. They were checked and they were fine. The hospital psychiatrist also told Valerie that Latoya seemed to be of sound mind. Now, Valerie immediately suspected Latoya, the mom, that she was suffering of a mental illness and that was affecting her children. So that to her in her mind, that's what just seemed most logical. Like she's not thinking she's not picking up on their demon story. And because it seemed as if the children were encouraged, oh, she thought that because it seemed as if the children were encouraged every time they exhibited strange behaviors and things kept escalating. So she thought that like the kids would do something and Latoya would would give them attention. Yeah. Like, oh my God, like what? That's crazy or whatever the case may be. Um, Well, however, hang on, let me make sure I'm in the right spot. Okay. While Valerie was talking to the seven-year-old boy, he growled at her and gnashed his teeth. Then his eyes rolled back into his head and only the whites of his eyes could be seen. Uh, 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 uh. Then he launched at his older brother and started choking him. It took multiple adults to control him. Oh, my God. And did the DCS worker witness this? Mm-hmm. Okay. This was in front of Valerie. Okay. Now, it's almost like every time there's a new adult involved that's skeptical of what's going on, the demon's like, let me show you, bitch. I'm going to show you right now. Now, this next part, this is the part, like, ever since I heard about this story, I think about this all the time. Oh, oh no. Because you, can, you okay, anything else, maybe you could blame on the kids. Like, they're being weird. Yeah. They're saying some crazy shit. They're trying to, like, attack Maybe people. they have a mental illness. Maybe they have a mental But this... Okay, okay. Can't explain this. Okay. Okay, ready? Later that night, Valerie took the boys and Rosa, so the grandmother, into a separate room with an RN antipsychologist. So, so it's two more adults. Two that are more going adults to this. Are, are witnessing this. The younger boy, the seven year old, growled again while staring at his brother and spoke in an adult man's voice and said, It's time to die. I will kill you. The older boy, the nine-year-old, then bent over and started ramming himself into his grandmother's stomach with his head over and over again while growling at the same time. Rosa took his hand and said, you're not my grandson, you're a demon. And she started praying. As she was praying, the boy's smile widened and he started walking backwards towards the wall. And he kept walking. Up the wall. 
backwards up the wall. Oh, no, 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 no. While no. holding his grandmother's hand up the wall and onto the ceiling while, while holding her hand. How the fuck? <laughs> Until he drops and lands softly on his feet. Valerie, the caseworker, she runs out the door. Uh, I would too. I, I, Could you imagine? I would have ran out the door when I saw his eyes roll back in the back of his head. That's your job, though. You got to stay. No, it's not my job no more. No. I will find a new job. I can just, like, I, oh, how the fuck? Yeah, the imagery that's in my head right now. Oh, my God. And so did, did Grandma be, was she injured by that? No. In any way? Okay. I mean, no. Her hand's just literally going like this. Yeah. So, no, it's not hurting her. However, um, it kind of seemed like he was holding on to her hand. Not the other way around. Not the other way around. Because mm -hmm. why did she let go, you know? Right. I think he was holding on to her hand. Right. Probably to scare her. <sighs> wow. <sighs> oh, my God. I'm going to have nightmares. The seven-year-old was admitted into the hospital where LaToya stayed with him. Rose and the two other kids stayed with family members. The next day was the seven-year-old's birthday. So LaToya brought him like a cake and they sang a happy birthday. And what's so fucked up, Valerie, what the fuck? Valerie came in and broke the news that LaToya, to LaToya that they were taking her children away and putting them into custody because they believed they were being neglected and concerned about the kids missing so much school. You just witnessed this boy walk up. And you're worried about the missing school. Are you insane, Valerie? I'm sorry. I don't even know this girl. What? Like, I, what? I wonder if she felt like she needed to get the kids separated from the mom to find out what was really going on. Like, they couldn't state, like, you know, like, group psychosis. Yeah. You know? Yes. Family hysteria. Mm -hmm. I have the receipts. So this is the redacted version. I was going to say there's a lot of redactions in there. <laughs> this is the redacted version of the intake report from Valerie, um, where she talks about it. And um, I can just read a couple of things. Um, I won't bore you with the intake report, but you can find the DCS intake report. And it literally is written in there, typed, <laughs> that he walked up the walls and onto the ceiling. Yeah. It's literally in there. So how is it in the report, but her kids still get taken away as if it's her fault? Right. But what I'm trying to say is that's proof that it happened. Right. It's in the report. Multiple people, like, witness this. Right. It's in the DCS report. It's in the details. It's in the details. The devil's in the details. The proof is devil's in the, in the pudding. pudding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you mean to say the devil's no. in the pudding? No. <laughs> The proof is in the pudding. No, English is just my second language. Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> and, yeah, maybe we'll post it. It's from TMZ, but. Yeah. Okay. We can post whatever. We can post whatever. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we, we want. Do whatever we want. The, when, we, when we did the um, poll to ask you guys what 40 things you wanted from us, I texted until I was like, oh, looks like they voted for fun facts. And she goes, I mean, we don't have to do that. It's our podcast. We can do whatever <laughs> we want. We can do whatever we want. And we did that anyway. Okay. So the hospital chaplain heard of what was going on and contacted Father Michael Magino and told him that the boy probably needed an exorcism. Father Michael, who becomes very important in the story, had no experience with someone like this, but still agreed to go back to the house and check things out. 
While Atoya and Rosa started showing around the house, the bathroom light started flickering, and Father Michael said that he felt an unsettling presence and said the light was being controlled by an evil spirit who was afraid of him. Then the blinds in the kitchen started moving without explanation. Like, there was no wind, there was no window open, there was no vent around them. Blinds just started moving. Okay. Latoya said she had a terrible headache, so Father Michael decided to put a crucifix against her forehead, and she started convulsing. Oh, no. On Latoya. <laughs> that was Latoya, right? Latoya. That was Latoya, the mom. Okay. Yes. He was in the house for a total of four hours and determined there was a presence there that needed to be exercised and thought the presence had attached itself to Latoya. He sprinkled holy water around the house and said a prayer. Now, weeks- A presence or 200 presences? He just says a presence. Weeks later, Valerie met the women at the house for an inspection with the police officer and a couple of other officers from another department. Um, Because, you know, people started hearing about this demon house, like police officers even, and they just wanted to come check it out. They just wanted like, is this for real? Wow. Um, So people were intrigued at this point. And Father Michael was also there. One of the police officers was Charles Charles Austin, who is the captain of the Gary Police Department. Okay. So, he's the captain. He's had plenty of experience, right? Yes. He had been at the house for... Or, hang on. Who had been at the house a month before for a welfare check when it was reported that the kids had missed a lot of school. Mm -hmm. When he went into the house, he felt an evil presence. So, everyone is feeling something weird as soon as they walk into this house. Yeah. Latoya, hang on a minute. I thought I had something else about. Latoya, however, she refused to go back into the house. So Rosa kind of like took them all inside and kind of showed them around. Um, she took them to the first floor. Huh? Yeah. So she, they're in the basement. They're under the stairs that lead to the basement. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a separate room in there. And that door kept moving without anyone touching it mm-hmm. so every time they walked by it, it'd be in a different position the door would be mm-hmm. um the audio recorder used to record rose's answers wouldn't record and they had brand new batteries that were just placed in there that same day so you know how like they say like with like paranormal activity it affects technology mm-hmm. um they eventually got a new recorder but when they played back the tape they heard a voice whispering as if someone was speaking right into the recorder saying hey you can hear this it says hey well it's more like hey <laughs> <laughs> it says hey but it's more like hey but it's like right into the speak like mm-hmm. right into the mic yeah hey. yeah okay um there's also photos that they were taking like the police officers all of them they're all just taking pictures and there's photos that show a white spot in the basement stairs and after enhancing it they saw a face and there's another picture with the green spot that looked like a figure of a woman. Captain Austin also took pictures with his iPhone and they revealed shadowy figures, outlines of people walking in the house. He also saw a foil pan with a candle under the stairs that looked like the remnants of a ritual. He worried that someone was a pre- someone who was a previous resident of the house opened up a portal to hell. Uh, God damn it. Now... I mean, literally, goddamn it. <laughs> this is where it starts affecting other people. Okay. So after the captain left the house, he drove a mile away and made a phone call. He was talking when the radio in the car turned to static at full volume, and he heard a threatening voice say, you in there. And the person on the phone heard, heard it. it. 
<sighs> when he got home, his, car- his garage door wouldn't open, even though it was fine earlier that day. The next day, he drove his car, and the driver's seat kept moving back and forth on its own. He went to go get it fixed, and they told him had he not gotten it fixed quickly, it could have caused a crash. Wow. The captain, who has investigated cold-blooded killers, violent rapists, and has even been shot at, said that nothing scared him like being in this house. Wow. That's that's the feeling you get. I mean, I would have been scared a long time ago. But yeah, I get it. Some police officers that had entered the house that day... They even quit their jobs or left Gary, Indiana. I've they heard that. They were so freaked out. I've heard that police officers that have visited the house quit their jobs. Wow. Could you imagine? I mean, I if I were a police officer and I entered that house and I witnessed the things that these people are witnessing. That or something would followed have, them and they experienced something. I would have quit my job and went as far away as I could have away from Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Fuck Gary, Indiana. <laughs> When asked why the kids missed so much school, LaToya said the spirits would make them sick and keep them up all night. Her daughter and older son were placed in an emergency shelter for kids and families. And her younger son was sent to a psychiatric facility where he could undergo more intense evaluation. Psychologist Stacy Wright asked him about the hauntings and demons and he gave nonsensical answers. And his answers would change every time she repeated the question. He would ask her strange questions in return like, can you die if you go to space? She believed he was being influenced by his mother's delusions and they would feed off of people's attention. Psychologist Joel Schwartz evaluated the other two kids and agreed with Stacy Wright. And he recommended that the daughter undergo a, a more in-depth evaluation because she seemed especially affected by her mother's religious beliefs. So going back to like the mass hysteria theory. Yeah. Everyone's freaking out. But it doesn't explain everything sure it explains some things doesn't explain why police officers are experiencing things or why the caseworker herself or the pediatrician himself or the nurses at the pediatrician's office Mm -hmm. or anybody the priest but that's what they come up with oh yeah just mass hysteria they're just all feeding off of the mom's delusions she must have a mental illness and this is affecting her kids in this way so powerful (sighs) oh god they're smart, but they're this so was dumb. A, I'm just this kidding. was in 1993, right? No, this is in 2012. Oh, 2012. Yeah. 1993 was... Uh, when Gary was named the murder, murder capital. capital. Yeah. Right, right. Latoya received supervised visitations in, an, in order for her to get her kids back. And in order to get her kids back, she had to get a new job and a new house to live in. Valerie was so traumatized. So Valerie was the caseworker. She was so traumatized by what she saw at the hospital, the kid walking up the wall on the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. She was so traumatized by what she saw at the hospital that she quit her job and left Gary, Indiana as well. She should have done that before she took her kids away. Uh, That's what I'm saying, girl. If you were traumatized, then you know that this was not like a worldly thing that happened. I'm sure there were higher-ups probably telling her to do that. Like, she had to follow through and with it. And they didn't witness it, so they didn't believe it. Exactly. So, like, I'm not... We're not... Girl... We, okay, but, like... All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, then, the new DCS case manager became Samantha Illick. And... Poor girl. <laughs> walking into this mess. And then when she and everyone else went back into the house, back to the house, she noticed a thick liquid dripping from the ceiling and she described it as slick, but not sticky. And they could not find a source. Ectoplasm. 
ectoplasm. What's that? Why does um, it sound familiar? <laughs> because <laughs> a friend from Hawthorne used to joke about it. Huh? It's like... I'm not going to explain this correctly. I know I'm not. But Who are you talking about? Omar. <laughs> Happy 30th birthday, Omar. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're not listening to this, but I know. shout out. Um, he could be. You never know. Uh, so, it. Uh, I think the movie is um, Haunting in Connecticut. <gasps> oh, that's the worst movie ever. And you know, the cover is like the boy and the stuff's coming out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. That's ectoplasm. Oh, okay. It's like spiritual matter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Definitely. Something yeah. like that. Okay. Um, now, this is where it starts to get a little weird. Um, a police officer dug a large hole in the dirt in the basement about four feet down and found a pink press-on fingernail. A Wait, white- why were they digging a hole in the basement? That's weird. Well, because remember they... They saw the remnants of what they thought was a ritual. Right, but why would their first thing to be digging a hole? Because maybe they thought they buried something? Okay. I don't know. I think they're just... Doing whatever they can? I don't know. I mean, I'd be afraid to do anything in the house. I feel like disrupting whatever that is is not going to be good for me. Yeah. I think we just need to tear the house down. Yeah. What are we still doing in the house if the if Latoya is meant to move? Yes. I mean, these police officers are curious at this point. Like, what yeah. is causing this? What yeah. is it? What is it? <laughs> what is it? That's Angelica's new catchphrase. <laughs> so they found a pink press on fingernail, a white pair of women's underwear, a comb, a red tin, two children's socks, but the bottoms cut off, a candy wrapper, a short pin, and a heavy metal bar. The bottoms cut off the socks? Yep. That would keep me up at night. That is so strange. Yeah. What? 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 Why are the bottoms of socks cut off there? That's defeating the purpose of socks. So clearly someone <laughs> buried that there. Someone before Latoya and her kids. Yeah. So they took the objects out. They filled the hole. And Father Michael spread blessed salt around the area and all over the basement. So they also found the slicky, oily substance. I put subject, but a substance on the blinds. <laughs> on one of the bedrooms that hadn't been there before and it was coming from between the slats of like the walls okay again no source and they they ended up doing like um they would close the door and they'd put like a q-tip somewhere along the door to see if it had been like messed with and every time they would go back into the room where the q-tip had not been messed with there was more liquid everywhere else so like to prove that it wasn't anyone. Yes. Going in there going and adding in there and things. adding. Yeah. <sighs> now, Samantha girl, I don't know why you did this, but you, you did it. Um, <laughs> Samantha touched the oils oh. on the blinds with her left hand and said that the skin from her fingertips to her wrist turned white as if the blood had drained away from her hand. She also felt a painful, tingly feeling in her pinky finger as if it had been smashed or broken. And she has a panic attack. I I can't even fathom what that would be like to have that sensation. Then I probably would. I mean, I would have had a panic attack way before this, but yeah, I mean, I would have had a panic attack too. Would you touch it? No. Yeah. Absolutely not. Not with my bare hands. I guess you just wanted to 
I don't know. Like, I felt just like? curious, and then it just causes huge or intense maybe pain. The spirits in the house compelled her to touch oh, it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. I, I, w- I wouldn't consciously touch it with my bare hands. I would touch it with other things. Yes. So like at a this stick point, or a Q-tip or yeah. So at this point, everyone steps out of the house. And Father Michael turned around and he noticed that the blinds were dripping. The blinds in the, like, the encased yeah. porch were dripping. Um, and so that's when he's like, yeah, I'm, an exorcism has to be performed here. So he starts looking through the process to get an approval. But his first request was denied. He has to get an approval from the Vatican? Um, from the bishop of the catholic church doesn't have to go all the way up to the vatican okay um he researched how to perform a minor exorcism ritual that does need to be approved by the bishop which is essentially to agitate the demon so much in hopes that they'll leave or you can make things worse yeah but it's kind of like you're essentially poking the bear in hopes that he'll leave i was gonna say it's kind of like chemo like you get sicker before you get better Wow, I literally drew the blankest space in the world. Chemo. I literally saw it in my head. K E M O. What is that? <laughs> and Bolin just farted in his <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so bad. Oh yeah, I can smell it. But yeah, it's like it's like fighting cancer. You yes. have to kill yourself more before you can get better. Yes. Father Michael with Latoya. First did an intense blessing, and then they were met by two police officers and Samantha. And for two hours, he said prayers and recited scriptures in order for the demons to leave the house. He told Latoya that the ritual would have more power if they knew the names of the demons. Have you heard about this? Like, once you speak to the demons by their names, like, you're actually, like, um, addressing them. Uh-huh. The rituals you say or, like, this whatever, the exorcism is much more powerful because you're speaking directly to them. Okay. So. Which I think works the other way around, too, if the demon names you. Oh. Go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Oh, that was uncomfortable. So, Latoya (laughs) and a friend. uh, First... Yeah, okay, my notes are all weird. Okay, so Latoya and her friend researched and found the demons' names that best fit their experiences. So, like, different demons are associated with different symptoms. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of just based it off that. Yeah. She kind of just took a guess at which one. I mean, if there's 200 demons in this house, you're probably going to at least get a couple of them. Yeah, and so now I'm not going to say the name of it, but there's one associated with flies. And so that's one of the names that she used. Yeah, please don't say their names. Yes. And there's like some associated with like lighthearted, lighthearted, lightheaded, (laughs) um, headaches, Mm -hmm. and whatever the kids were experiencing. Okay. Also, while she's doing this research, the computer keeps shutting off. They're like, no, you can't look into this. And she felt sick while researching. Turns it back on. No, you can't look into this. Yep. (laughs) Turns it back on. I said no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Father Michael finally received approval from Bishop to perform to perform a full exorcism. Samantha says deuces. (laughs) That's literally what I wrote. (laughs) Samantha says deuces and refuses to continue working the case. Girl, yes. She move out of Gary, Indiana and quit her job? Because I would have. Yeah. He performed three exorcisms on Latoya in the presence of police officers. So he didn't do this all at once. Kind of like spread them out throughout the weeks. Uh Uh-huh. Um, in the exorcisms, as the father, as Father Mike 
Father Michael spoke. Latoya convulsed and became more violent as the exorcism continued. She tried to pray, but it caused such intense pain she had to stop. She said the pain was worse than childbirth. Wow. It felt, as she described it, as if someone was being ripped out of her, by clean, but like was clinging to the inside of her body. Wow. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. And she eventually would pass out. She claims the presence inside of her forced her to fall asleep in order to make the ritual less effective. So, again, like I said, they had to, had to take breaks in between because that kind of really wear her out. Yeah. The final exorcism was said in Latin. However, this one had no police officers present. And it seemed to have worked because Latoya stopped experiencing all paranormal symptoms. She got her kids back in November of that year and she moved into a new home in Indianapolis and never experienced anything supernatural ever again wow it just quit just like that yeah a whole year though now it's been a whole year from the time they moved in to the time they moved out i would never be the same again wow how do you go on living your life like a normal person after experiencing that for a year how do you go on with your kids being fully traumatized for an entire year I can't even imagine. I'm, I feel so sad for her kids. Yeah. I wonder where they're at today. Pretend you're Latoya, though. Yeah. Too like you're witnessing everything. All this you're experiencing shit. You're your, your kids taken away, like because they think you have something wrong. Yeah. They think it's your fault. Yeah. Even though everyone else is like witnessing all of this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's crazy. The case was officially closed in February 2013, and there are over 800 pages of official records about this haunting, including reports from child services, the police, medical reports, and interviews with police officers, caseworkers, psychologists, Father Michael, and the family. So, like, over 800 pages of this. That's crazy. That is crazy. I wonder when Maria was working, work, working. <laughs> when Maria was working for DCS, if she would have had access to this case, like if she would have been able to look it up. Oh, because it's an Indiana case. That's interesting. Maybe I bet. I bet she. Could, I think I it is county though. No, cause she worked for the state. Yeah, it was Indiana Department of Child Services. Yeah, I'm sure she. I'm sure she could. Latoya released these records to the Indianapolis Star in 2014 with the condition that her children's names were to be were to remain anonymous. Mm -hmm. So she did she did good on that part. Obviously, she didn't want this experience to be attached to her kids for the rest of their lives. I mean, they were so young, right? And they've they already been traumatized enough. Exactly. So, despite criticism about her "quote unquote" poor parent parental skills, she still chose to release these records because she believes in what she experienced and she didn't sell her story. So that's why many people think she is telling the truth because she, if she was go making for money. Right. Right. She released all, all her only condition was, I just don't want my kids names in there. Right. Period. People should know what happened, but not my children's names. And again, despite people criticizing her parental skills yeah. and calling her a bad mom or whatever. And like, you know, her kids being taken away. She was like, no, I, this, this is what happened. This is the truth. Yeah. So now this is kind of where it gets a little funky okay um a lot of people know this story through ghost adventures uh -huh. so zach bagans who is the um creator the host host essentially of the show he actually bought the house so it, that's where it gained a lot of its recognition right it's through the show through zach bagans so he bought the house and he obviously later demolished it if you don't know <laughs> but you said you didn't like the documentary mm. it's terrible because it became all about zach yeah 
It, it was, wasn't about the original family. It was not about the original Did family. he even talk about it? Yeah, he did talk about it. He did talk about it because he actually tried to interview Latoya and Rosa, and they refused. And he only ended up getting the brother. Oh, yeah, because I remember he did interview somebody in the house. But I don't remember who that is. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Well, I'm about to tell you. Okay. So... So, like I said, it kind of all became about Zach, which was why people were like, okay, dude, like, again, I mean, if you want to watch it, go ahead. It's all right, I guess. Um, But anyways, he claimed that the demon inside the house was a goat man. And before, again, claiming, before he had heard of LaToya's story, he claims to have a dream about this goat man. And within days, he heard about the story and bought the house for $35,000. So, that's why he felt, like, connected to it. Like, he had this dream about a goat man, and then he hears about this, like, haunting story, and that's, he's like, oh, I bet the goat man demon is there, and then goes and buys the house. Shortly, it wasn't a goat man. It was a guy in muddy boots. <laughs> like, the goat is nowhere to be seen in this story at all. So, nowhere. the goat thing is kind of far-fetched. Right. And sure. people, people have their, spe- sorry, people have their speculations about whether or not, whether or not, whether or not Zach Bagans is like just a fraud. Well, I mean, it, they've talked about it. They've like admitted that not everything on the show is true. Right. I mean, some of it is true, but a lot of it is due to dramatiz- dramat what is it? Dramatization. Mm-hmm. You say that word since I clearly say- can't say words. I can't words. say that word. <laughs> oh, look at us. I won't even act like I can. Dramatization. Dramatization. Yeah, you said dramatization. Sure, that part. Um, Shortly after buying the house, he received a call from a psychic medium named Chris Fleck, warning him that the house's demonic guardian was a 12-foot tall goat man and to stay away. So this, like, kind of confirmed it for him. He's like, bet I'm in the right place. (laughs) Zach sees this as a sign to definitely move forward and investigate the house. He tries to track down LaToya in an interview, like I said, but... Mm -hmm. um, they refuse to talk to him. Same thing for Rosa. Um, because he's been in the house. Like, they're like, dude, we're done with that. We we don't want anything else to do with it. You probably have something connected to you now because you've gone in the house. And they can only get his brother. So, his her brother, Kevin, agrees to speak to them. And he hops in their car and they kind of drive around for a bit and do an interview. And he, you know, talks about his experiences that he's had, that he's witnessed with his nieces and nephews and LaToya. Um... And then right after they, like, drop him off, LaToya and Rosa refuse to let him inside the house. Like, they make him go get a cleanse or, like, go to the church and, like, get a blessing or something before they let him back into the house. Wow, yeah, I would be the same way. hmm So, before Zach was able to, like, investigate the house or starting to, there obviously was squatters because it was kind of abandoned and there was a new owner. Um, so the squatters and the new owners actually told Zach that they never experienced any hauntings. So after Latoya and her family moved out, no one experienced anything. Huh. I mean, that the exorcism worked then. Yeah. Um, in 2014. Yeah, because I mean, if it, if it were this strong, you would be you would be led to believe that when Latoya left, it would just follow her. Demons don't just give up because you left. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean. In movies, anyway. Well, that's another reason why some people are skeptical because, like, the squatter said that there was nothing there. Right. In 2014, Latoya and her and father and her father Michael, 
Latoya and Father Michael signed a movie deal with Evergreen Media Holdings with Zach in order to put the film out. So that's where you get the demon house. Okay. Um, Zach got the house inspected, and the inspector found mold, asbestos, and carbon monoxide that could have caused symptoms such as headaches, disorientation, or mood mood swings. But then again, the house was seemingly abandoned. So this could have happened since she moved out. Right. Yeah, because she moved out in 2012. Mm -hmm. And this was 2014. Right. So, the woman you see in the documentary, documentary, uh, her name is Mika. So, Mika used to live in the house in the 90s with her mother, um, who said when a friend would stay with her, she would hear footsteps and people walking around. She told Zach that she had never been in the basement, which was I thought was kind of weird, like... I mean, maybe not weird because as a kid, I didn't go down to my basement either. Mm -mm. So for the first time ever, she goes down to the basement with Zach and she's explained to him how, or no, sorry, she's, she's standing in the basement and she feels a kick on her leg. So she accuses one of her kids because she has her kids with her accusing, accuses one of her kids of kicking her in the leg. Sugar kids to the basement. I guess. I, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. But after rewatching the video, you could see her leg buckle, but nothing kicked her. She mentioned that her brother used to sleep in the back room in the basement. And around the time, so like before, um, before this had happened, she had been having dreams that her brother, hang on, let me read this. Ah, I am. Okay, she kept having dreams that someone she knew would die, and soon after, her brother was shot and killed. And this is the brother that used to live down in the basement. Was he killed in the house, Tino? No. Hmm. Okay. Ow, 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 ow. This happened, like, right before she went back to visit. Okay. Um, Mika's mic picked up a voice that said, Run LaToya. Mm-hmm. Who could that be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could be someone trying to protect her. So, ag- again, though, oh, yeah, maybe her brother thinking it was LaToya, but it's really Mika. They called Mika LaToya. They told oh. her, run LaToya. Or just run yeah. LaToya. But it's weird because after LaToya left, there were squatters. The squatters claimed nothing supernatural happened. And then Zach goes in there and all this is picking yeah. up again yeah um zach and the crew set up an altar in the living room and another in the basement um now this is where it gets weird because in the documentary zach has like these angry impulses he like starts pushing his crew around he like yells at them tell them to shut the fuck up like it's just very very strange and Mm -hmm. he just feels very negative and angry Mm -hmm. being in the house um it, it like freaks the crew out so bad there's like an altercation that the cops were even called by the neighbors because they thought someone was trying to break into the house and i think the cops even show up in the film zach believes the film itself is cursed and it was released in march on march 16 2018 and after the filming he decided to have the house demolished and he buried most of the debris in the landfill zach kept the basement stairs and some of the dirt which he stores in a storage unit why because he has a collection of supernatural possessed items in Vegas in his haunted house. Oh yeah, I forgot he has that. Yeah. You know what kind of annoys me about Zach is his dramatic like 
his dramatic like montage for his show mm-hmm. it makes him seem like he thinks he's chris angel i don't know who chris angel is but sure i think that's why angelica doesn't know who chris angel is yes you do mind freak chris angel mind freak he's a magician never heard of him so he claims that from this experience he developed what's called diplopia which is double vision so now if you see his show he wears like those thick glasses Mm -hmm. so he claims that this experience in the house caused his vision to become blurry Mm -hmm. um people would perform satanic rituals when the house was there and after many townspeople truly believe that the house was built over a portal to hell or a portal was open inside the house and the hope that the portal has been closed since the demolishing there has been no more reported hauntings that's a weird statement some people believe that the house was built over a portal to hell like there was already a portal to hell there mm-hmm. i can't fathom that i can't fathom there already being a portal to hell just like it, as if it was like a swimming pool there that like just opened to hell like I don't know. I just can't fathom that. That's weird. I mean, I guess it just depends on what the area, what the ground was or what was built on it before the house was there. Yeah. I remember there was like this theme park where people believe it was, I don't know, a long time ago. There's a theme park that was built, they believe, over a portal of hell because of what had happened previously on the land there. Like a lot of killings and what have you. Ugh. Yeah. That just makes you really think about, like, like if you wanted to just go buy some land. You never know. You need to do your research on that land before you buy it. Mm-hmm. Like, where, like, what has happened there historically? Absolutely. And get it exercised. Yeah. That's such a funny word. Exercise. <laughs> when you say, when you use exorcism in the, like, past tense verb or whatever. Mm-hmm. Exercised. Gotta exercise that <laughs> land. <laughs> Um, but wow. yeah, that's the story of the demon house, story of the Amon's haunting <sighs> case. And again, we invite no one. Yes, no one. I wonder if there's any documentaries about just the Amon's case by itself, like without Zach Bagans and him buying the house and all that. Mm, as far as I know, I don't think so. I wonder why not. That'd be a great documentary. I mean, there's, there's a lot of interviews with Latoya and her mom. Mm-hmm um but as far as that i don't i don't think there is i think she kind of just wanted to leave it behind like she released the record she did her interviews and she's like oh i'd be the same way yeah i don't ever want to talk about this again And i mean she's never going to go back to the house i mean first of all there is no house to go back to but she she would never go back into the house and be like this is where this happened this is where that happened and this no no i would never i would never do that i never even want to talk about it again right exactly i i don't even think i would have done i would have released to the the information to the public because again i don't want to talk about it again I, I don't want to give it give it energy to be in my life, period. I Well, it like started picking up momentum, so like people yeah. were asking her questions, so she'd rather like, you know what? Here's everything that I have, here's all the documentation, read it, leave me alone. Wow. <sighs> That's some scary shit that happened to her kids. And I wonder where they're at now because if they were They'd be, like, in their late 20s, early 30s. Um, no. No, because we were in high school. I was a senior in 2012. Okay. So, 12 years, and her oldest would be 12, 24. Her oldest would be 24. Okay, so younger than that. Wow, younger than that. Yeah. 
So 24, 21, and 19. Wow. Wow, they're just becoming adults. Wow. Could you imagine? And like, I mean, obviously it's up to them to be like, oh yeah, that's that's me. That was me. Right. It's up to them to say. And it, that's even if they remember any of it. Yeah. I hope they don't. I hope they don't either. I hope they don't remember a single bit of that year. I would rather not know a single, like a whole year of my life mm-hmm. than to remember any of that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> my heart goes out to them. They, they deserve so much better than that. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I do feel like their mom could have got them out of the house sooner. Some in somehow, some way. Now, I, again, I don't know her specific circumstances, but I feel like I would have moved mountains to get my children out of there. Mm-hmm. I would have rather slept on the church floor. I would have rather slept in our car with the car running all night if I had to because it was winter. Like, I, if they were being thrown, mm-hmm. levitated above their bed, eyes rolling to the back of their head, talking about killing each other, nah. <laughs> nah. nah, bro, nah. Yeah, we I, gotta yeah, hear. I we gotta know. hear on the first instance. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. The first unexplained instance, we're out of here. Well, it's like almost like we talked about your brain like tricks yourself and thinking like that didn't really happen. Yeah, I didn't. Maybe know. I imagined it. Yeah, like no. But no. then when other people start witnessing it, why wasn't that the point in which you left the house? <sighs> okay. Yeah. Let us know what y'all thought about that because it blew my mind. I was going to say, did you I didn't know think anything. it was all that? I didn't know anything about the family. Mm. I knew that there was this supposed demon house that Zach Baggins bought. And they did a documentary about and that his he messed up his vision or whatever. Allegedly. And I had seen the documentary, but it's been a long time. And I don't even think I really paid attention to it. Because like you said, it wasn't that good. Um but yeah, I didn't know about the original family. I didn't know any of that story. Mm. And I'm honestly surprised that nobody's made a movie. Like, not even documentary, but like a movie based off of the events in the house. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Bolin. All right, we're done, guys. We'll see you later. Okay, bye. Hey, guys, it's Editing Kelsey. In case you were wondering what the heck that was and why we so abruptly ended the episode recording. Uh, Bolin was sitting on the floor in front of us, in front of our table like he normally is, and just out of nowhere looked up at the ceiling and started growling. Um, He did that twice, once on camera and once again off camera, and he also laid down right after he did it the second time, so that was pretty scary. Uh, Not quite sure what the fuck that was. Uh, we did find out later that there were raccoons on the back porch, so I don't know if he heard that, heard them on the roof. I'm not sure, but it really freaked us out, especially after recording this episode. So just thought I'd fill you guys in and uh, hope you're even more scared now. Uh-huh.